If I told you that less is more, you would probably believe me, right? Unfortunately, most people's brains think that more is more. It just makes sense. The more you work, the more returns you get out. The hedonic treadmill in its purest form. As a runner or even in your career slash school life, you work hard, you get the results. From understanding the law of diminishing returns to exploring historical perceptions of effort and reward, we're going on a journey that's part facts, part theories, and 100% something that you need as a runner and just a human in general. We'll debunk myths with a fun real-world example, balance the scales of a risk versus reward, and argue why sometimes less is really the best. Expect to learn about focusing on higher output, not just more input, and why this approach might just transform your training and life for the better. Stick around until the end, and I promise you that you'll leave with a fresh perspective on training and life that could change the way you run, work, and live. Let's go. Quick note, this will fall between my self-named categories of facts, theories, and opinions, probably skewing more towards the side of theories and opinions, as it's hard to objectively know how every person trains and how their body adapts to stresses in their life, etc. All right, so the sweet spot for daily running for maximum health is somewhere in the middle. So you want a lot of fitness and a lot of health and kind of make the balance. All around us, seemingly unrelated things follow the same pattern from career, work to physical exertion to parenting strategies. When a non-runner starts running, they will immediately see the benefits. Your entire body will transform for the better. Muscles and bones get stronger, heart and lungs expand, brain functioning and hormones normalize. Training your way up from running around the block to becoming a two miler runner still brings great benefits, just slightly smaller. The fifth through the 20th mile turns you into a hyper-efficient machine. All about that zone too, baby. If you're lucky, uh, sarcasm inserted, some people start seeing joint injuries as they rise through the ranks. And by the time you reach the fringe world of 100 mile ultra runners, serious injuries and surgeries are completely normal, as well as unexpected organ failures in otherwise young, healthy people. That's an excerpt from the sweet spot of physical training adapted by the frugal finance hacking Mr. Money Mustache and his blog post. And I'm just taking that way out of context, but inserting it here because it's so, so relevant. Everything is linear in our heads, history, and the stories that we tell ourselves and others. So naturally, our experiences and outcomes should be linear too, correct? Not really. Here's a graph of the United States non-farm labor productivity from trading economics. As you can see, a lot of cool stuff is happening here, but I won't go into details of that. Moving forward, I'll use the example of training for a half marathon slash full marathon because that's what I enjoy. Well, the half marathon, not the full. And I know it pretty well. You can insert whatever activity or thing that you do. Uh, also, I, I would insert the 5K. This whole thing takes into account that you are a motivated individual who knows that they cannot run for five minutes, three times a week and expect to complete a marathon in under three hours or their best time ever. We all live in a universe that abides by the laws of physics, unfortunately, or fortunately. I'll assume in this whole thing that like a lot of type A personalities that you probably are, you do the actual work. So you show up so much so that you usually do more work than necessary because we get addicted to this whole fitness cardio thing. And sometimes to the point of feeling tired and run down from all of your training. That's all the assumptions that I need to put into play because if you just read this as it is, you'll be like, what? So I'm going to only say that once. The risk versus the reward. With running, the most elite and pro runners tend to run six to seven days a week and sometimes even twice a day. They are professional and for every 0.01% gain they can get, 
they try to get it. They risk injury and burnout to get that 0.01% gain because winning pays the bills sometimes. So the risk is worth the reward to them for a short period of time. Now for an amateur or novice, they most likely won't be winning anything outside of the local yokel 5k park run, which I finally did check the link uh, back in 2018, putting in more effort most likely will give them diminishing returns while increasing the dreaded, I call this the IIGB scenario, <laughs> injury, illness, and or general burnout, which is an acronym that I made up and I'll keep running with it because I think it's dope, IIGB. For the sake of knowing this whole scope and understanding the scope of what I'm talking about, here are a few quick numbers to break it down and make it a bit more tangible. I and most novice advanced runners run anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. So about five to eight kilometers, three to five miles a few days a week, sometimes a little bit more, and then look to do a once a week long run anywhere from one to two hours, 10 to 20 kilometers, six to 12 miles, depending on what I'm training for. So that's kind of like the, the sweet spot for me. Less is more. No, less is best. Okay. Stay with me on this as I'll get a bit into the quantifiable theory territory, but it's a fun thought experiment theory with not too much scientific evidence. So let, let's go. What happens when I double my input and turn those 30 minute weekly runs into one hour runs? What if I double my long run to, to three hours to four hours? Insert sarcasm. Surely I would get double the output of overall fitness, economy and speed, right? No. Well, first of all, I will most likely experience the IIGB scenario, illness, injury and or general burnout. If I did see gains, and I'd estimate that they would be in the range of anything from 1.05 to 1.2 times, which would be 5 to 20% in reality, uh, is almost too generous. This is ironically similar gains to what I was getting when I was running 30 to 45 minutes a few times a week with the weekly one to two hour long run. So again, this is all theoretical. I'm sure you can agree that these are very marginal gains while I increase the risk of all the injury, burnout, illness, et cetera, scenario to five or even 10 X more. So the output reward is only 1.2 where the risk is like two, five, 10 X. You get it. Again, these are crude estimated numbers based on my own training. And because of so many factors like my or your genetics, running history, intensity, duration, and lifestyle, your results may vary greatly from mine. A bit more research around where the point of diminishing returns in aerobic fitness slash VO2 max can be found at the link in the show notes or the YouTube description or wherever you are. Contrary to what most people think, double input doesn't mean double output linear gains. Unfortunately, those feelings and emotions that X input equals Y output trump logic. So why do most people think more is more is the question. Helping you focus your higher quality output. From my discovery process, which is scientific research, speaking with experts and my own experience, we tend to go more is more because we are just programmed like that. Linear is just easier. Our society from the start of the agricultural farming revolution had the double input and double your output mentality. It also worked in the industrial factory evolution, revolution, and it worked up until the technology revolution, the, the knowledge-based office work. If you wanted to make double your money in the 1950s, you worked 80 hours a week instead of 40 hours. 
by working the day and night shift. Hell, some companies like the U.S. Post Office would pay extra for working nights and overtime. So why not? Seemed to be much simpler days back in that time. Unfortunately, in the present day and moving forward, I'm going to assume that's not the case right now and will not be the case. The same could be said about computers and technology. So for you nerds, processors are not getting bigger. They are getting more efficient and economical. Multi-core processors and many threads. So AI is another instance. They're not doubling because it's not making it that much better. They do this by being built smaller and more effective and engineered to use less power and do more things. This is a very crude example and a mechanical computer engineer will most likely write me a stern email. Apologies in advance, but feel free. Talk at delightcreates.com. I love it all. Send comments below. Like computers, this is how I think you should treat your training, life, relationships, etc. Try to be more effective by focusing on the right things, which usually means you become more efficient. Less is usually best. Be a Prius and get crazy output for very low input. They're hybrid cars, I think, fully electric. Hell, be a Tesla. As far as actual energy goes, it's solar, damn it. The sun is literally infinite and provides all the energy we need for this world. Not literally infinite, but we have a whole lot of energy from the sun if we can harness it. I feel once you start living and thinking more critically about things, you can then input a fraction more of your effort units, effort units, to yield the results of an efficient, effective, and better life. I'm obsessed with this stuff. It's not even a productivity thing. It's just more like, how can we just work with the flow of life and get the most out of it? Bonus. The ex-co-host of the show, Phil Cross, and I ended up going back and forth about the meaning of this, and he really poked some holes in what the f- point I was trying to make. It's a fun listen, so make sure to listen or watch the podcast version of this as your argument might be similar to his. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram or email me at talk at delaycreates.com, spelled the normal way, if you want to push back on this or you agree. Big plug. I love working with people on creative things and also, you know, their life trying to make themselves 1% better. Uh, I love setting ambitious goals and objectives and going after them like a journey because it's all about the journey. Health and fitness processes and systems are creative journeys by nature. So I'm totally open to helping anyone collaborating in the health, fitness, wellness, running, endurance, sports space. Hit me up. Again, talk at delaycreates.com. Links below, DMs, wherever you are. Thanks again for rocking with me. Peace. Add break. If you're like me and you don't process coffee or high caffeine well, uh, but have read about all the scientific benefits of caffeine early in your workday, I think Magic Mind, who is the sponsor of this podcast, might be the solution. This small supplemental drink doesn't crash me after taking it, which I can't say for most coffees and highly caffeinated teas. Uh, they, they do things to me that I'm like, uh, no, not a fan, but I love the taste of them. I totally love the taste of them. I took this stuff and no lie. I promise I wouldn't lie to you as trust is all we have uh, being humans. But I got this urge to write out of the blue after taking it. No BS. Like I was like, wait, I want to start writing right now. I then took it the next day and boom, another urge to write and my focus was on point. I even took this midway during a long run to test its effects and I am definitely happy to report that my stomach was good, didn't get any weird energy drops and felt even sharper towards the end of the run than I normally do. Uh, There's some legit science in here that I'll go over. So if you also want your nootropics, which is what the Magic Mind supplement is without sweeteners, Magic Mind is packed with natural ingredients like matcha, organic lion's mane mushrooms, not uh, cordyceps mushrooms. Yes, it's the stuff. It's in my war juice concoction. Choline, uh, scientifically proven. Uh, Rodolia rosea. 
vitamins B12, C, and D3, turmeric, and a bunch more. Only in this month of February, they will help you gear up to crush those 2024 New Year's resolutions. You should be doing your 1% every day, fully focused. You get one month for free when you subscribe for three months, which is up to 56% off at magicmind.com forward slash D-L-A-K-E. That's magicmind.com, spelled the normal way. Use code D-L-A-K-E-2-0 at checkout. This is only for the next 10 days after you sign up that you can get this discount. And guess what? As a crazy, even more bonus to anyone that doesn't like it after you try it and buy it, if you don't like it, just email them and they will literally, no questions asked, refund you 100%, which I think is really dope. So go out there and get it. And let's get back into the episode. So I feel like you got something to say, Will. No, I like it. You like it? Oh. I like it. No, I'm, I'm right there. Writing in particular seems to have the most consequences at risk reward just because it does so much damn damage on your body, man. Like like mm. going into, like you could not cycle for months and then decide to ride 100Ks. You're just going to hurt. Like you won't do too much damage. Like yeah, it's probably not the smartest thing to do, but you'll be all right. You decide to run a marathon after not running for a year, you will do some serious something's likely to go wrong. Yeah, and you're gonna like suffer yeah. that for months. True. I I did that, so this is where it kind of came from. And shout out to Paula with her advice on that for the episode where she was interviewed. Because that, no, that's exactly it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, if you're gonna blow up, blow up at the race. You know? That's right. Don't blow up at training. Yeah. It'd be like almost cooked for the race. Yeah. So yeah, go back to Paula, the, what is it, Ultra, Ultra Physio, I think I called it. Ultra uh, Paula, Ultra Paula Physio. That's what I think I called that one. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of ultras in that season. S2, it's a good one. So risk versus reward. This is going to get a bit like granular, and I'm actually not going to read verbatim the actual podcast. Oh, sorry, the, the actual blog post, because it's just going to get too itty bitty. Basically, the gist of it is a lot of people, this is a pretty good analogy, a lot of people think that if they run for an hour, they get 100 points of fitness, right? So we're just going to make it really easy. So if you run for one hour, you get 100 points of fitness, okay? And then people think if you run for two hours, you get 200 points of fitness. Mm-hmm. Like income, outcome, linear, yeah. you know? Or sorry, input, output, linear. Sure. That's not what happens with, with running in particular, most fitness. There's a point of diminishing return. And I would say, and please I haven't actually researched any of this. I would say it's between the like forty minute, one hour mark, especially with running and certain intensities, right? It depends what you're maximizing for. So if you're ma- if you're maximizing for things like muscular endurance and if you're um, uh, mitochondrial efficiency, I don't know where the drop off points are for all of these things, but there is there are, there is benefit to the long run. So can you log run seven days a week though? Can you log run every single session and no. expect expect benefit uh expect the same amount of linear output? I think it's less about the linear output and more about the det- and more about the 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 ability to sustain that activity and the cost in terms of recovery. So while the while the output of the actual session might be linear in terms of benefit, like given per, so given perfect recovery, so given perfect recovery, say you could run 2 hours a day and recover 100% by the next session, there's not necessarily diminishing returns for that other than the ad, other than ad- adaptation. So it's like, you know, running 40 minutes 
when you don't run at all is a long way. Whereas if you're a ultra marathon runner, running 40 minutes doesn't touch the sides. So the more you exercise, the more you have to do just like, just like, um, to get to get the same effects it's just like you know if you're a caffeine addict like a cup of coffee isn't going to touch the sides whereas somebody who doesn't drink caffeine at all will have a cup of coffee and it'll send them to the moon um well let me let me play devil's advocate to that sure so let's stay away from ultras yeah all right because that's different it's it's just totally different okay and i feel like not too many what, people what do you maximize like uh you maximize it for the marathon that seems to be i i can't stand the marathon personally okay. but that's what most people want to train for is the marathon right yeah so why don't pros that run 160, 180 Ks a week, why don't they just do 300, 400, 700, 1,000 Ks a week? Why, why don't they give more is more? Why don't they do more is more? What happens? They'll break. Usually, oh. usually they'll break. So why don't, why don't ultra people just run 16 hours a day? Because they'll break. So I'm saying, like, they, they, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. point. So I, I'm just, all right, sorry. I should have identified, I'm just a standard runner, and what, you know, I usually run... 10 hours so i usually run five hours a week yeah why not do 10 hours a week that's that's where i'm going sure with this so yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. it's it's subjective to every person so you did you did the, like that yeah there's there's a moving there's a moving point where the negatives outweigh the benefits for for everyone yeah for yeah. sure yeah okay yeah. so that that's what i'm addressing i didn't yeah. address the exact numbers so whatever it is whatever your number is for me it's uh you know 45 minutes to an hour yeah is my you know i do that two three days a week and then my long run but again, but again, for that, sorry, the, the the place I started with that in terms of just finessing the point because I don't disagree, but it, it's what you're maximizing for. So, in that forty five minutes to an hour, um, let's just assume that's an aerobic, like you're just running that aerobic pace. That's some zone two work, whatever, whatever. That's not necessarily you're not necessarily tapping. Um, topping out there in terms of session benefits but in terms of ecologically with everything else that's going on and in terms of what you need like you might not need any more than that you know what i mean for for your goals so you could you be better off doing an hour and a half maybe like um it doesn't necessarily tap out if you can recover fair but Usually less is more, in particular with running, I found. Because you can recover, it's better to be under under trade than it is to be over trade. True. So it's better it's better to go undercooked and slightly underperforming. I don't think less is more or more is more. I think the right amount is the right amount. But you never know that, and that constantly keeps changing. You never know exactly. Like, like no but bullshit. There's, but there's always too little and too much. So there's always a metric Fair. which is. So if you're run, like you can't say less is more if you're running one k a week and you've got to do a half marathon. Fair to to the limit, and everyone knows their limit. Whether you're going too low or too high. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Or sorry, a lot of people don't know when it's too high. Yeah, too low is. You expect to get crazy gains by running three minutes a damn day, yeah, three times a week. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but I'm talking about you start getting into what's the like, what really is the difference? And no one knows this because one, you're kind, you're getting older. Uh-huh. That's sorry, sorry, everyone, you're getting older. Like, even if you're going from 21 to 22, you're getting older. Yeah, and then two, your fitness is constantly changing. And I, I read this in uh, I forgot whose book it was. It was like there is no perfect training protocol. Like, so many people are like, oh, I wish I would have done that training. The training my other friend did was so good. Yeah, no. It's like, no, the best training is the training you're doing right now because, one, you can't, and you can't, uh, there's no constant. 
with that. You can't go back to your 21-year-old self if you're 22 and go, but, and you're more fit. Like, so there's no way you could retest that. Maybe, no, maybe we're just arguing semantics. There's, there's, there's no such thing as less is more and there's no such thing as more is more. There's only the optimal amount. And there's finding that optimal amount. Because you can't... An optimal a, amount is a moving point. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. All I'm saying is you, you can't... The blanket statement, less is more, is wrong. You think... No, I th- no, it's definitely wrong. I think I think less because is more. More people need to lead into that because I think more people sure go into so, more is more too much. So the statement, the statement, too many people overtrain, is it could be true. The statement less is more as an objective fact is not true. It sounds better. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's subjectively it subjectively sounds better. But 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 the the blanket statement of like less is more I just think is uh I, j- I just like more is more I just think it's uh, yeah. Well then you're like disproving everything I just wrote so that the point wasn't to disprove it. It was supposed to be like a supplement to it. No, it is supplementing it. Like the, there's a there's a there's a set there's a there's a point there. There's a there's a set point. I just don't think I just don't think I just don't think less is more is always the is always the mantra. Because sometimes sometimes if you're doing less isn't more, you need to run more, lots more. I'm gonna assume everyone is logical here. So I'm not gonna like I'm gonna and you like like if you if you're doing 50 minutes and you one can't do it because it stresses you out yeah 50 minutes three times a week you don't you literally don't have the time because of whatever's happening in your life sure you're you're always feeling tired at Z2 50 minutes you drop down to 35 minutes you could fit that you could fit it in better and you feel a tiny bit fresh yeah that's great don't drop down from 50 to four minutes no 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 like I'm not- that's I, like I'm just gonna assume everyone is. And in that situation, absolutely agree. But if you're trying to run a marathon and you're running and you're running five k a week, less is not more. Absolutely, you need to run way more. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, I'm a soup. Like it's like I don't need to tell everyone two plus two equals four. And how but to you, double click on a mouse? We all know this. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, down is not always the direction. I think so, down's a better direction than up. I disagree because I know plenty of civilians who just don't train enough. Like they just don't train enough. I know plenty of people. I know an, I, I know plenty of people who overtrain, and I know plenty of pe- people who just don't put in the hours. Like, or and they they don't they don't, and as well as not putting in the hours, it's not just the hours. They just don't train smart. The, the, well, that's a whole other fucking it, like it is, but like conversation. It is, but we're not just we're talking about total training load now. We're not just talking volume. We're talking like your volume plus intensity, like load. So if we think of there's too much load or too little load, you're either putting too much stress on the body or not enough stress on the body or the right amount of stress on the body. Like we're not just talking hours. We're talking like time and intensity. Um, I think there's I think there's plenty of people who just don't put enough stress on the body. They just don't train enough, as as well as like plenty of people who overtrain. So I think the blanket statement, like you should do less, is just doesn't always hold true. Did I just chill? 
just, I just disagree with the whole premise of the thing. It's not you disagree. You're like shifting it, and I'm like, like you're shifting into things that I absolutely agree with. Okay. So it's like it's not that I I disagree. It's like I'm not actually trying to talk about that. I'm actually trying to talk about something that's always bothered me. Okay. With the way people trade, because people constantly. It's a certain type of person that does this. This isn't everyone. This isn't people that never PB. It's not civilians that are lazy as fuck. I'm not talking about those people. Okay. So it's a specific type of person that thinks that if they do double the trading, and I'm thinking about them right now in my head, and I'm not saying their name, but they think if they do double trading, they'll get better, but they actually need to trade smarter and more efficiently and more effectively and more essential. That's what I'm trying to say. There's totally those people, yeah. So that's who I'm focusing on. And we're going to end this here. Go check out the blog post because nothing that we talked about. <laughs> There's a chance that I might not ever post this because this is so bad. But it's cool, Phil. This is why we try all this stuff and experiment. This was this was good chat. It's wit. This, is, this didn't go anywhere. This is not supplemental. This is a whole other conversation. It's still a, it's still a valid conversation. Thank you, Phil, for being... Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say Achilles heel. I don't know that. Thank you for being the person that always sets me differently. <laughs> Not even right. You just go, no. But I was right. I was right. <laughs> You've made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening to all this stuff on how we try to make running and training and life and all that stuff work. Because time is a resource that no one can make more of. Not yet, at least. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, watch, and generally consume all this stuff. Accessibility is pretty cool nowadays. So we have a transcript for all the episodes. Make sure you go to the show notes section of this episode on whatever podcast player you're listening to. Or you can go to the description of the YouTube video. Or just go to podcast.delightcreates.com to find the episode and the transcript. All of this was produced in Sydney, Australia. So I acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation who are the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. A lot of people ask how they can support us. And I think the easiest way is to just share this out to people you know that would like this. So whether it's a podcast link from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening to, or watching on YouTube, send them a link, just flick it to them, email it, text it, you know, Instagram, whatever. Send them a link of my, my, this episode or my newsletter or whatever you can, the YouTube link, whatever you can. The second easiest way is to rate, like, or subscribe to this podcast and or video on YouTube or even subscribe to my newsletter. If you have any feedback, feel free to hit me up, talk at delaycreates.com. That's T-A-L-K at delaycreates.com, spelled the normal way. Train smart, race, and live easy. Peace.